Stuff Said, a cartoonist's unique and distinct conversations with people in comics, cartooning, and beyond. So I rejected my own inking sample. Comics was booming! It was all hands on deck. You were going to be a cop? I was going to be a cop. I would have been a damn good cop. It's almost like if you watched The Little Mermaid, and then you had to interview Ariel. Right. But storyboarding's so complex, there's, there's always room for exploration and, and growth. Everybody started a webcomic in 2000. I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Oh, yeah. I like to be on the side of righteousness. I, I just dwell on these things, and sure. the only healthy way to unleash that is if I turn it into something positive, like comic i'm just the guy sitting there <laughs> pissing on them on the fence seeing if he's gonna get this pecker zap. stuff said a unique podcast available at stuffsaidshow.com and itunes this is uh inks that's on the road this is our first stop on our east coast leg we're in lovely bethesda maryland we're Hope goes to dry, to die. I don't know. It's so weird out here. Goes to dry. Dry. I, see, <laughs> I, I'm on total West Coast time, mm-hmm. and I tried to go to bed at midnight last night, and that was like 9 p.m. <laughs> West Coast, so I'm sorry if I'm babbling. Uh, we're sitting here with Jaleen Tamaki, uh, her latest book with her cousin Mariko uh, this one summer, as well as a super mutant magic academy, or you just call it... Magic I just call academy. it mutant magic. Mutant magic. It's, it's such a horrible name, but yeah. So casual. <laughs> just a little mutant magic. I just call it. I just call it the two M. Yeah, SMMA. Yeah, I have a little mini coming out, but it's sort of like a teaser for the book coming out next year. Is that nice. coming out for TCAF or TCAF? Yeah. How Too big is the early. How big is the entire book of that going to be? I think it's going to be like three hundred pages. Wow, oh, nice. Because it's got it's been like going on for four years, so it's like not every single thing is going to be in it, but. Like it's a lot of backlog, and then like a new like a new chunk at the end, you know. Because I feel like you want to make it worth somebody spending money on. <laughs> right, certainly. Yeah. I was wondering, like, did you intend to to collect that stuff when you started it? Uh, I I thought that maybe it would be collected, so that little bit of foresight like allowed me to um or. Prompted me to save them as high-res files, but um, I really started that project with just trying to get better at, like, writing and doing comics and having a thing that was ongoing and, like, low commitment, low stakes. Low expectation. (laughs) Yeah, and just, like, I spend, I've said this before, it's like, I spend so much time, like, trying to make things look nice, and, like, I just want to draw a thing and then, like, put it up a minute after I'm finished. Nice. Yeah, it feels kind of like sketchbook comics, especially yeah. in relation to your to your other work. For sure. Like, and I actually feel like I I used to sketch blog a lot, like in 2006 or whatever, when that felt like new to do to like put your sketchbook like online mm-hmm. and stuff. And I I realized that the was that on a live journal? No, it was on like a blog spot. Okay. Um, and uh, now that doesn't feel like maybe so fresh. So I feel like the the comics, uh, the the web comic kind of filled that void of like updating a lot and putting it online and stuff like that. Just sketching in a way. Um, putting in like the commitment to do the more minimal work has that kind of affected your own process for your finished comics work at all? Um, I think definitely. I think it's because I don't have any background in writing, you know, and like it's the thing where it's like I have a lot of practice in drawing but like not so much in writing and I didn't want to just be like I'm gonna write a graphic novel now and see and and or embark on something large that seemed like paralyzing so the small little webcomic was much more manageable to think did you find stories kind of popping out while doing it um yeah I mean it's what you're like pissed off at <laughs> like that day right. <laughs> or like what some insane thing a student says to you or or whatever so um, wait were you doing were you doing uh, kind of illustrated stories early on like while you were drawing you know when you were a teenager i started making comics or trying to do some sort of 
like narrative stuff like after I graduated from art college, which was you know when I was living in Edmonton, I made my first like mini comic. It was just about like living in Edmonton. Right. So it was like kind of abstract. Did you have a different plan for your life when you first were gonna do art for a living? Or for I have. I feel like I am not one of those people that ever thinks like in the future. Like I like I never thought like I'm gonna get married or I'm gonna live in. New York, like I, I just never thought like that. I don't, I don't think. Um, so I didn't have like I went to the I went to fine arts for, uh, in, at Queen's University for mm -hmm. my first year. You didn't do the game of like picking an apartment and then a husband and mash. A, yeah, mash. Uh, I mean, I'm sure, but I just like never imagined like that. My husband's gonna be like this, mm -hmm. and then I ended up getting married like absurdly young at like 25, which is like not at all what I would have expected. But um. But uh, I went to school for fine art, and then, like, I decided, I'm like, I need a real job. Like, my dad's, like, an Asian accountant. Like, I'm like, <laughs> he didn't understand, like, what I was That's, that's an accountant who will, refuses to work with anyone who isn't Asian? No, he's, like, totally Canadian, but he has some, like, residual, I think, like, very residual, like, foreigner... I don't know. Like, there, he's, like, already third-generation Canadian, mm -hmm. but... um. I wanted to get I wanted to get a job to like make him proud in a way and like or feel like I don't know like I so I went to design school and then um, I didn't even know there was illustration there and so I took the illustration classes and then um, uh, gravitated because I was better at that I was like way better at illustrating than designing so I feel like it's just like serendipity and there was no planning and then comics like there was a comics project in the Core, like one one of the uh, projects in the you know third year or something, and that was like my first taste of doing comics. I'm like, oh, this is like cool, you know. So it's not planned. I but I made a zines when I was in high school, but I was so there were no other like I realized my high school was really bad. There were no other like cool kids that like were like oh like let's like make them and like trade them and or start a band or anything right. like it just like, those kids weren't there, and so I just like gave. The originals to people to like a like a girl I was trying to impress. That's really funny that you that your work seems so based around that time. If it wasn't cool for you, yeah, it was. Uh, I think Almost it was very vivid. You do is about teenagers, right? Yeah, I guess it was very vivid, and I find it very like I find teenagers very funny, and I'm around very young adults like when I teach. Yeah, but. Well, college students, when you're in your 30s, college students feel like 12-year-olds. Oh, my God. They look like 12-year-olds, and they seem like 12... Like, they have all the anxiety, I feel like. It's, like, of the teen years. Still. They look like adults, but they're, like, really teenagers still. They're all trying to find themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I, and it's funny, because I taught a couple years ago. It's, like, I had a group of kids where I was teaching second-year drawing for a while, and then I switched, and I went to fourth-year portfolio, so I got some of the same kids, like that I had had in drawing and like they had blossomed like their acne had cleared up and like they had better haircuts and they had like better clothes you showed like, up and you're what? like oh you guys are so much less gross now I know like you grew up in the intervener <laughs> nice I think it's a vivid time but like now actually I feel like I am starting to segue away from like just straight teen stuff like maybe the stuff I do with Mariko will always be YA and like um, but I, I do feel like working on the end of the Super Mutant, it's like Magic Academy, it's like um, more, uh, they're kind of like having adult thoughts, but they happen to be teenagers. And then like the thing, I'm doing a thing with Ryan Sands for like the new, his Frontier thing. Okay. And it's definitely like not, there's, there's like some sex in it. And I'm just like, this is so weird. Like, oh my God, I'm like... This is so taboo. <laughs> Which is funny because your illustrated work, mm. like the indoor voice, isn't about right. teen. It's more just kind of... That was like a diary sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Well, it seems like you're kind of veering towards there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is something uh, marketable about a YA thing. And like, that's what is kind of cool about doing this stuff with my cousin is like, you're being exposed to like book people and and right. like actual teenagers stuff that I don't really think I would be um, uh, interacting with if it was just myself. Mm -hmm. 
Do you and your did you and your cousin have a close relationship when you were the age of the characters that you? No, not at all. I mean, I grew up in Calgary, and she grew up in Toronto, and we didn't really like. My parents moved from Montreal like during the boom time in like the eighties, and so I grew up there. And they didn't go back, and like I didn't really see her that often. And then when I went to Queens in Kingston, that's when I sort of got to meet her and hang out with her as an adult. But like. She was so, like, in our family, she's like, oh, she's, like, the great, like, she has colorful hair, and she's, like, in a fat activist, like, collective, and, like, my parents are, like, a little square, and they're like, it's so, like, she's such a strange artist, I'm like, she's, like, a strange person, and, like, and then I met her, I'm like, she's just an artist, like, she's just, like, an urban artist person, (laughs) who's super cool, yeah, who lives in, like, a a big city, like, it's, yeah, she's super cool. Did you expect to... Like like the, the the when the collaboration came about, was it was it that you guys got along more? Than yeah. You well, we did the one, we did a little floppy f- first for Skim, and it was like just twenty four pages, mm-hmm. and then we're just like, let's just. I mean, that's not that big of a commitment. We're like, let's just do this thing together, and we got along really well. And I just felt, I just really always feel like her sensibility jives with my sensibility, and like I can. Um, her work is spare enough that like I can fill in a lot of like that's what I was the stuff around wondering it. Or reading this one summer is it is is it a kind of thing where she is just giving you like kind of bare bones text and you're kind of filling it in? Yeah, it's mostly dial like a, a dial. She's a play like mostly a, not mostly but uh, she does a lot of plays. Okay, so she writes it like stage direction, like the dialogue, and then a small sort of setting. Um, blurb at the beginning or whatever but um, she's also a really good collaborator she has in um, even some of her acting stuff or writing stuff she's um, very good at working with other people and so that makes it um, much easier (laughs) to work to work with her because she's allows you to change something fundamental or add your thing and she's like cool with it you know it's not like just just execute my idea. It's right. not like that. Well, it's interesting that you said that you didn't think of yourself as a writer mm. initially. Because yeah. the, it feels like, like in reading this, it's like, I, I got, I don't know if it's just me assuming, but I felt like both of your voices were really loud in reading it. And there's so many things in it where they were, it was visual storytelling, mm. you know, where the same, because like she did, uh, Mariko did a book with, um, with Steve Ralston. Right. And it's just a completely different. It turned out really, really differently. Yeah. No, I know, and I, I totally get that. But I, I think like maybe I'm underselling like the power of images or something like, where it seems like that comes so much more easily to me. Um, mm-hmm. That. Yeah, when you're saying that you didn't have an attempt to do comics early on or anything, mm-hmm. it's just it's super depressing if you didn't have a period of deep struggle to get to where you are now because if you kind of fell into being this good then everyone should just slittle because <laughs> I mean was 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 the magic academy was that do you feel like that was training at all um I feel like skim is where I learned how to do it because I when I first started doing skim I was like I'm gonna like read a lot of comics mm-hmm. and I so I went to like the local library in Edmonton and like they had mostly drawn in quarterly comics, and, like, I took them out and read them, and I read, like, Will Eisner's, like, you know, whatever sequential art. How to, how to how, overact in comics. Yeah, which was helpful, which was, like, useful. I'm like, oh, like, that's body language is, like, really, you know, I, I am a decent figure drawer. Like, I can communicate right. that way. And then, to be honest, it was, like, getting some books out and being like, I can do better than that, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and so I look at Skim and I'm like... I'm proud of the accomplishment, although I now I'm like, I there's a lot that I would change well, about lot, it if I did it again. A lot of it, or I still remember from last time we talked, a lot mm-hmm. of it was just time crunch, right? Like, you ended up yeah. just doing a lot of spreads, because it's a lot easier to do than... And also, battles. the fact that we were, had initially set out for it to be, like, a set amount of pages. I didn't know that you can just be like, yeah, it's like an extra 50 pages. Oh, nice. Because I feel like it needs it. How much of a rush was was on that book? Uh, that one I did the final art in a year but it was like probably three years um, this one summer mm-hmm. and then like Skim I don't think it took me more than a year probably to do 
We did the floppy in 2005, and then the book came. The big book came out in 2008. So when you say it was three years, is there is there a process of thumbnailing before you like? This is where I feel like yeah, like I only I'm an trained as an illustrator and designer sort of um, person, and then so I don't really know if I'm doing any of the. I feel like it's very. There's probably a proper way to, to, to like plan comics, I don't but think I there is. That's really great. okay. I do thumbnails. If there is, then we're both screwed. Yeah, thumbnails and then like a little maquette, and then I like um, pencil and then ink, and then. But there was like a lot of research in, that went into that book because I, I mean, I had never spent time in cottage country. Interesting. It feels very lived. Yeah, it was great to go up there because. Um, that's in Ontario. I, yeah, it's like we're countries are very Ontario. Just gonna put it yes, there. yeah. In the Western Canada, we don't do that. Like we go to the mountains for the weekend or whatever. But there, in the summertime, they always go up at least a couple times a week uh, or in the summer, for, or they go for a couple weeks in the summer to like cottages north of Toronto. Was it something your cousin would do then? Yeah, I think it's like if you have a certain amount of means or a friend that has a cottage, you're 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 going up to the cottage, you know. Yeah, my wife and her best friend they, they both have cottages, and I was reading this, and it was a hard, it was really hard to not read it as like about them. Yeah, yeah, and I I mean I had never been, so to go um, up there, I think I thought was like because I really wanted it to be about the senses and and like sort of tactile and stuff like that and. Google images can only take you right. <laughs> so far. Yeah, well, it's weird how many things in it that, like, you know, like, um, like the main character reading reading the shoujo manga right. and things like. I noticed her her mom wearing a bikini kill shirt. Right. It's just this really, and normally I'm really against things that date a book. Right. But in that, it felt really accurate. Like it gave such a clear idea of the parents' background. Like they're right. like we we're talking about the, you know, just feeling. You know, you yourself just being a young adult, but people regarding you as mm -hmm. as older, and that's almost how the parents come off in that. Like, yeah, they're relatable as people your age, but to the kids, they're yeah. I um, I I think we both paid a lot more attention to the adults in this book, where I skimmed. They were sort of like Charlie Brown adults, right. and now it's just like, wow, those adults are probably closer in my to my age. Than those the kids are, you know, so um, they were kind of like a more intriguing. Well, that seems like a good trick because you're almost, you're almost like in picking up the book, you're you're gonna be inclined to like the kids already. And, right, I think so too. The adults, yeah. you're just like, oh, these are just parents. Come right. On. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think that the it was hard because like the the mom spends the majority of the book like super angry, and it was like it was kind of hard to make her feel sympathetic um, for a long time. And then I um, had the idea of like putting tattoos on her and you're like, oh, well, okay, this already kind of starts to give her some more texture and background that yeah. isn't explored in the text at all, but um, gives you a sense of like maybe where she's coming from. Um, I feel like I'm gravitating away from generic... Uh, we we're just talk I just thinking about the, your comment about like the setting a thing in a date or like a specific time. Mm -hmm. I think I'm like kind of into that now. Um, versus some sort of like Miyazaki like yeah. every time. Yeah. Time. There's a know? careful balance though where it's like putting in a point in time and also uh, adding a Twitter feed into the comic which really dates it. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But if you're if you're I can totally see the appeal of that if you're aiming for. It to not feel current, but feel like it's, it'd be a lot easier to do something about last year than do something about this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel That's like there. Well, I was trying to strike some sort of balance where it does feel timeless, but like it's obvious that they're like and modern and kids. Bikini Kill are not so immediately modern, but right and uh, they're just. I think they serve as little flickers of a reminder mm -hmm. that like. 
Because the reality would be that those kids would probably be on an iPad the entire time right. at the cottage and not running around and like renting DVDs, you know. But um, it's so quaint. It is. It is very very quaint. Like you wouldn't be like torrenting Jaws that you went to the store is like almost. Yeah, but it's, it's like also, anachronistic. That's also like cottage country, though, because you yeah. know, a lot of time you don't even have mm-hmm. internet. Up it's almost implied in the story. They talk about how they have DVDs, and that might as well be them saying we could just download it. But she decides to go to the to right. To have like I want to go see the boy. Yeah, because if it's all downloadable, you kill the whole story. Right. Right. It just becomes like <laughs> just like someone. hanging around while it's like downloading. They're just watching, reading someone's Facebook feed. Then like, oh man, <laughs> his girlfriend's pregnant. And he's not answering any of her any of her messages. He didn't comment. He didn't like that thing that she posted. Yeah. What's going on? There's a French artist who did a modern day. Um, version of the guy that you interviewed is it but i was boulet boulet of yeah. course uh boulet did a thing that was a modern day romeo and juliet mm. it was just incredibly petty with them like texting yeah <laughs> <laughs> um the art st- i want to talk a little bit about the art style uh-huh. in this one summary because like it's very different from your previous work and one of the things right now we're talking about um we're trying to come up with the right description of um I was saying it was like kinetic. Mm. I well originally do you know are you familiar with Tom Herpick's work at all? Mm-hmm. When I, I had the same reaction to your work as I did with his when I first saw it, where it felt like I was like, Oh, this feels like an animator doing something, but not coming from animation. This is just like someone who's good enough to easily do animation. Because your a lot of your style seems very based in body language. Right. And and yeah, we me and Robin were basically trying to figure out how to describe it because I was like it's like she's an animator who comes from like a parallel dimension where animation's better, as opposed to. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because a lot of people um, cite Tom Herpick's work, um, which I don't think our work looks that similar. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people say that they like our work reminds them, um, like feels like echoey of each other, right. um, which I always find really interesting. Um, I am. Uh, well, we both have done a thing for Adventure Time, mm-hmm. um, and that was really interesting. And I, I didn't, um, but I definitely, f- once you're like around animators, you're like, oh, I'm not an animator. Yeah, that's that's always been my. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, they're Strange. like only tangentially related. Yeah. Well, I don't think Tom's an animator either. <laughs> mm, interesting. Um, I, uh, I really do feel like um, my my commercial illustration has been what informs the thing uh, maybe before that book and then mm-hmm. like this feels like you it's interesting you said you don't think it feels like skim but i feel like it's the evolution of like my skim mm-hmm. thing which is really the most straightforward way that i can draw with like well communicating what i want to communicate that's like the my fast like way of drawing when i think of skim it's been a while since i looked at it probably yeah since i interviewed you right five years ago right um i really should have reread it for this i'm oh, sorry uh but I, I remember like it had like don't a delicateness yeah and in this i don't feel that same kind of no that's true that's there. true there was like sort of like a more of a wispiness with that one and yeah this, this one, one is feels, a lot more solid it feels more confident yeah oh for sure the drawing is is much better how how large did you draw the pages they're only like about a uh, 115 or 100 and yeah like 110 115 percent bigger than okay. that is it a lot of brush it's all uh brush pen and then and then what about the gray tones uh separation on a light table and oh interesting scan. so you're doing those in in grays or in black no in black and then like just sort of scanning it and putting it at like 30 percent or whatever um underneath the line work but it, I mean, yeah, I mean, I do all the super mutant stuff on a Cintiq. You know, I don't mm-hmm. do any traditional stuff for that. But um, for that, I still wanted the traditional media. <clears throat> right. Is it, is it, is doing, going right to the Cintiq just because uh, the immediacy of, of just doing it as a webcomic? Yeah, that and I hate scanning. I hate, I absolutely hate I am being the only one in the world that loves scanning. Are you being serious? Yeah, no, here's the he thing. Is. It feels like, 
it feels like I have this horrible thing in my head where like I want to be working all the time. Yeah. And if I'm doing something that's not really working that feels productive, it's yeah. the best. You're like, I'm thing. like moving towards my goal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I went to so many lengths to not scan stuff for that this one summer. It's like I learned how to use Manga Studio so I didn't have to like pencil the like sketches. Like I still did the thumbnails and pencils. But, like, the version that I sent to the publisher to, like, get edited and, like, proved and stuff, I did straight in the computer. So you did sketches and then clean, redrew them? And then I, when I was done with the sketches where everything was really where it needed to be, I printed out that, Mm -hmm. and then I, like, penciled on top of that, and then I inked on top of that. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they were almost, not stick figures, but really rough in Manga Studio, but... That was so I didn't have to scan the like <laughs> the like sketches and then because I just hate it. Yeah, I even and I bought like one of those big ones, like yeah. the eleven by seventeen, so I could like cut it down and bite to half. That's an idea because I also think of scanning as something like people are always like, why don't you just have someone else scan your stuff? And it's like it affects the lines. Everything mm. is like that little nudging of yeah of things or just like what you choose to crop or whatever. It's yeah. Like, you know, it's like a really subtle version of inking almost. Well, I don't, I like put it in the computer as I go too. Mm-hmm. Like I would do like a spread a day where I do like print out the sketch, pencil it, ink it, do the separation, put it in the computer and like, like smash it all together. And then that would be the day. And so it's not like I have a big pile at the end that I can just like give to somebody because I would. <laughs> <laughs> but um it's much more like i jump around and i just sort of like finish it as a over the course of the year is there much change from layout to to the final as far as actual storytelling i feel like there's doing the final artwork always adds a layer of information Mm -hmm. that wasn't there in the sketches and it was it can be hard because uh, a lot of the subtleties you're like there's some really like subtle facial expressions in the book and you're just like just trust me that like this will be emotionally devastating like i know that this like (laughs) sketch (laughs) is like just like two little dots and like an open mouth but like just like trust me like it'll be like horrible but that's also the terrifying (laughs) thing about getting layouts approved is because if if you got it right in the layouts then Mm. you'd have to recreate that in, in the finished work and if you're like this beautiful expression works so much better if you just do two dots, two dots in front yeah. of face. I, I feel like that's where I guess my illustration training has like really helped in that I know the level of like detail, which is not that much really. Mm. Like it's very minimal to like, because you have to leave some stuff to, for you to figure out in the sketches right. or sorry, the final art, because then you won't be present and like interested like, you need to leave some challenge for yourself, but yeah. you need to get to the point where you can communicate to, like, some editor, this is what my plan is. Right. But right. that's, like, definitely, like, a skill that you learn over I years, thought, you know? I thought the, the um, this isn't even a question or anything, but I, I thought it was really interesting, the kind of mix of, the, the way your style is such a mix of cartoony and, mm-hmm. and realism. So there's so many characters in there, like, um, like the, the mother of the adopted girl. Right. Who is just feels like such a real human being. Right. Where you're not... Um, me and a friend of mine always joke about how bad people... Once If you get this kind of Rumiko Takahashi style um, just manga thing, there's things that... There's missing parts. Like you can't draw old people. Yeah. It's like you can that, draw old They people. don't exist in that language. Yeah, that or, visual vocabulary. Or they're either like these weird gremlins or they're like a wrinkly young person. Yeah. And it's really refreshing to see the way you draw people that look how real people look but then you have that mixed with like like sometimes they get like pac-man simple right them. yeah yeah when they get small enough and they just have to be like reduced down right that's like a, that's a big challenge i mean i do think that that is where probably the biggest uh miyazaki influence is or manga or anime influence is in my work in that i i i don't go ever to like I don't aim to make it look like that, but I think that honestly, the way that they simplify bodies just makes sense. Like it's right. like, lo- what do you what do you think? I just think it makes logical sense for like I want this to be a realistic looking person, but I need to do it fast and I need to have it stylized yeah. in a way. There's also that detachment too of what your your mind just does because I have a thing where I 
in my head, I think that I draw so much more realistic uh, than yeah. the reality. Yeah. Yeah. No one has spots like that, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Butts. Yeah. Um, one of the things that... I guess, wait, we, oh, I just really can't... I don't like very, like, uh, painterly comics, to be honest. Or, like, I think that clarity is always, like... Right. To be aimed for... Well, painting, it's, it's like as soon as you mess with it. It was interesting you talked about doing the, the grayscales as brush, too, because I feel like as soon as you bring in the lettering as a different element, mm -hmm. it's like made out of something different, it creates, and that's that's my major problem with painted comics, mm -hmm. is like there's no way to make lettering look painted right. or work as well. Right, right. So, I mean, was like, this hand-lettered as well? Uh, I did in the Cintiq, but it is hand-lettered. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I really like the word balloons. Oh, man, thanks. That's, like, a huge compliment. Our <laughs> balloons are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes it's it's um, what looks drawn. Yeah. Like, like even how you're doing the panel borders here. Right. Is, like, they're super loose and brushy, and right. it's, like, that reminds you that it's a, the hand drawing mm -hmm. it, because mm -hmm. so much of the other stuff you hear is, you have in here seems so precise. Right, right. Which I think is the nice thing about your style, is that mix of precision and, and looseness. Hmm, thank you. I tr it's a tricky balance, but I do... I'm aware of that, like, tension. <clears throat> These are, I'm, I'm interested in, in your influences as well. Is there is there anything specific that, that really clicked with you that you think, like, aside from Miyazaki? I think Miyazaki is, like... Which, and I'm, I came, like, pretty late to it. Like, I was in college before I, like, discovered that stuff. I, um, I, I did as well. Miyazaki, yeah. so... I, I realized that um, this is where I take over the interviews until I'm talking about myself. No, 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 I'm interested. But when I, like Miyazaki's work, I dismissed it because it's so accessible. Right. And then realized, like, that's amazing that he can make personal work that's also yes. accessible. Yeah. And I feel the same way about a lot of, like, comic strips, you know? It's like Peanuts or, or whatever. I think that, that that's, like, incredibly difficult to do. Like, I for, when I first started making comics, they were, like, way more artistic like crazy and expressionistic and like all over the place and it didn't matter if anybody got them mm -hmm. <laughs> but then I think like the challenge of making something accessible and also have like some sort of artistic value is like the challenge I'm sort of like thinking about now were you looking at, at any strip comics when doing the Magic Academy stuff? um no but I read a lot of comic strips when I was a kid like Calvin Hobbes and the like far side. My parents actually had anthologies, which mm. is so weird because they're not like it was all the Twelve Lives of Garfield and like in Herman. Do you like what's a Herman? Like why would my wow. parents have like five Herman books? That's exactly for people's parents. Oh my god, yeah, and it's just like just I like... can't imagine them going in a bookstore and like buy, like oh, I want this I, I want I love this strip. These I'm are some buy golf jokes. Like Zitz is a little too edgy. What else do you have? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and Peanuts, and then also, like, getting into, um, when I first started making comics, it was, like, the Drawn and Quarterly mm -hmm. uh, roster and Dan Klaus. You know, it's, like, it was the early 2000s. And, uh, Tom, um, Tomer Hanuka. Oh, yeah. Which was, like, he was, like, the major influence of everybody. You <laughs> like, were talking about Tomer. Yeah, well, I, had, a new book, I yeah. had the best experience in the world because I met Tomer and got to be friends with him before I realized what a big deal he was. Yeah. And he trained me in Photoshop and cool. would kind of give me advice on things all through his harsh Israeli accent. Yeah. And then years later... It's like you're in the Israeli army. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but then years later, it's like all these people are super influenced by him and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, no, it's no big deal, but... But I, I, yeah, I got away with this major scam because yeah. Homer was just as a. I haven't seen him in like ten years, so I'm always mm. he's become this. this he moved back character. to Israel. Yeah. Um, he uh, when I like, he did that comic bipolar with his uh, brother, mm -hmm. his twin brother, and like. That's off. Yeah, and then like when I was a college student, I was like, oh my god, this is so amazing. Like it just it just resonated with me in a way that like, oh maybe I. I'm not going to do this thing, but, like, maybe I can, like, 
Maybe there's like a place for my thing. And he yeah. very much feels like an illustrator that came to comics too. Yes, and that and that was a that was a thing too because that was not that common. Mm-hmm. Like when I started, now it's like they're completely overlapped, and I just cannot believe my illustrator friends like know my comics people. Like for a long time, people knew me as a comics person or they knew me an illustrator. They did not know I did both. Mm-hmm. And um, now it just flows in between very easily. Why do you and think like, that's blurring now? Why? Yeah. Um, I think... Uh, There's a lot of a lot more crossover now. I think the internet is like the answer to everything in some ways. Um, I think illustrators are looking for personal outlets. Mm-hmm. They're not like the type of illustrator... That you had in like the eighties were like I I can draw cars and babies right. and like here's yeah. my I'm just black a pair and of hands with no feelings yeah in my yeah own. here's my black and white portfolio yeah. and here's my it's much more where you're kind of selling your point of view yeah. now um, and your and look, to be honest your cool factor and like how much you know the culture and yeah. like um, know the right things to name check and I think that if you're that type of person that gets into that industry, you're also a person that has like thoughts and feelings, yeah. that you, and you're more artistic. The work, the work is like slightly more artistic now, right? So, I think that they there is um, this desire where oh, hey, comics is like slightly related, and um, I grew up reading manga, and I don't, uh, and uh, I want to do something that is um, my own point of view mm-hmm. too. And there are like you know. Uh, probably people like Tomer that then <laughs> right. showed that you can do both of those and then influence people like me who are like, oh, I can, I can have both of those things too. Does right. Tumblr kind of create a melting pot in a way, like a drawing melting pot because people are looking constantly just all these different things? Uh, I think them. that there's like uh, a <laughs> variety <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I think that they're they're um, it can at its worst it's like a weird too fast feedback loop mm-hmm. where it becomes like my husband Sam Weber calls it like internet house style where it's like it's so internety mm-hmm. and it just feels yeah. like you're looking at influences that are your friends and like that are two years old and I get I, I get tired of that to be honest I get really like. Not despair. I mean, a lot of it, the, the the bar of quality is much higher now. Right. I've heard the internet described as like an ocean that only um, that is only ankle deep. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's so it's like there's so much stuff out there, but everything there's just this very thin amount of right. You can't really read novels on there. And, right. Right. And then, but I think like I still really really like Tumblr because I like not necessarily just for reading comics where where but I do think that there are some really interesting. I guess how I found Girl Mountain, you know? Yeah. Um, but I like the anonymity, feel, like the anonymous feel of like Tumblr. It feels like the old internet in a way where you like, you don't know, like it's just like some weird little picture and then yeah. like some weird handle of like, but it almost goes against come baby or some shit. Yeah. And you're just no, like, baby's really good, <laughs> <laughs> but it almost goes against what you're talking before about the idea of kind of creating this whole idea of, of yourself as an artist and a person where people want to hear, see not just your illustrations, but hear your things. Yeah. So there's kind of, is it like the far side of both of that where you can just have a bunch of random drawings that are, that are attributed to come baby, or you can have like, somebody really does have that come, come yeah. baby. <laughs> I hope, I hope Come Baby is an amazing artist yeah. that we're helping I have no come. idea what you guys are talking about. Uh, you it's don't know Come Baby's work? <laughs> God, this guy's so out of touch. Yeah, it, I'm always curious as to when I will no longer be able to process what's happening on the internet. Have you had any moments of these kids in their rock and roll yet? Like, um, No. Have you? I have a 17-year-old sister. Oh, okay. And she'll uh, play music she's really into. And it's not so much these... It, no, it's, it is that... Actually, I had these kids in a rock and roll when I when I moved back for, to Seattle from New York. Mm-hmm. And I had um, a group of friends that 
were all just kind of like uh, bangs in their in their eyes, like <laughs> tight pants guys. Yeah, yeah. And me and a, a friend of mine who were just like slightly like four years older than them, he was like he pulled me aside one day and he was like, "Dude, we come from a generation where everything about our lives was about hiding the shape of our pelvis." And these guys don't give a fuck. They'll just let you know the shape of their pelvis before you even know their name. <laughs> you know what I find interesting? Um, which is not that, like, get off my lawn thing. I just find curious is that there's no... I mean, this is what makes me feel old, I guess. Um, there's no concept of selling out anymore. I think, well, I think you make your own selling out. Uh-huh. I have, I have all these theories on selling out because... okay. It's like... How old you, are you? 37. Okay, I'm 34. Because I think... I, I always think about this Black Eyed Peas article that I read. That <laughs> oh, started, Jesus Christ. No, but like... <laughs> the first line of... It was in a magazine. The first line was like... As if there is such a thing as selling out. Like it yeah, was like yeah, so... Yeah, like yeah. It's like... It's so neutered that like yeah. it doesn't even exist. But I, I do know? think you can sell out because as soon as yeah, you have... Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> yeah. Well, as soon as you have standards and go against them. Yeah. I mean, you know... If you no, but I think that if you make something, it's perceived as lame. If you make a bad choice, where you're well, if you did the like the you're, you're, sexy you're plug, version you're plug in, of this one, or summer. you're plugging some stupid shit on Tumblr or Twitter, right? People are like, oh, that's lame. But it's not like, ugh, you, so you know, like you're you're less by... you're less weirdly less authentic or something, and that's almost as a cri- much of a crime. Or isn't that? I mean, isn't that selling out though? I think it is. Maybe maybe they just have different language. Forward. But I feel like the dream now is to like make a thing and then like sell a, it to somebody if you spring, if you, and then get like a mil- two million dollars for yeah. this thing that you started in your basement. That's like the dream now. Right, but that's not selling out if it stays. I mean, if it if it's dumbed down and stupid, mm. you know, like like Adventure Time is amazing because I don't think it could. Like if you asked me ten years ago if it was possible, I'd be like no. Right, right, right. Where, but I, I, now I just keep thinking about the idea of you and Mariko doing. Just a Spring Breakers book. <laughs> I like Spring Breakers. I did too, but okay. no, not for the right reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I liked it. I thought it was like well done, actually. I don't. I couldn't say. I mean, it was like it was, I, I was we did watch attention. it with your seventeen-year-old sister. Well, that made it better because it was like that was her and her friends. The thing about Spring Breakers for me, and this is a stupid it was tangent, Tumblr come alive. Yeah. Well, I don't think I don't think anybody realized. I, I read a review of it that my friend Sarah did before I read it, and she talked about how like it was subversive in all these ways. And I don't think anybody realized how incredibly unlikable the main male character was, yeah. and how he like he wasn't punished at all. Like he dies in the movie and everything, but like he's he's a horrible fucking human being mm-hmm. who's just like the grossest. Like he's like a drug dealer who owns a lot of guns, and they meet him and they're like, "Let's all have sex with him." <laughs> And then bring him along, and like for me, that's just like it sets up this really gross dynamic. Yeah. Where, but that's like we hear stories that are just like that. Though. I'm sure it exists, but I don't like. know if it should be rewarded. <laughs> well, it wasn't he was killed? No, but he was killed <laughs> in a really awesome way. It's like it's it's like being like, oh, well, Scarface is like a morality tell because like you know in the end he dies and everything, but then like just a tons of guys are like I'm gonna get a bunch of guns and Scarface T-shirts. Posters is yeah. always a Scarface poster yeah. on the wall. I assume you have one. Oh yeah, in every room in my house. Yeah, <laughs> including the bathroom. I'm totally getting off the off the rails here. Oh no, I think people like it. <laughs> you just chat. <laughs> <laughs> the Instead's chatting too. Um, one of the within the book, um, one of the things that really stuck out to me was the the Starry Nights, mm. the drawing of that, um, which I guess kind of evokes that kind of cottagey feeling when you're away. Well, it's just also it's just sorry. With no, no, that's go ahead. Um, uh, there's been like a couple times over the years of where I've been far out you know one of them was i was in iceland and actually another one was this summer when i was in hudson new york for a wedding and people just like freak out when they can like actually see the stars like it's like but they're always there but like you can't see them and um people are like really moved by it you know and it just kind of i don't know i was trying to capture those moments that you don't 
you only experience once a year. I like how detached you sound. Where you're like human beings; these human creatures are really moved by these stars. No, but like <laughs> there is like something. Ups- I don't know. I mean, you're, was it something where you were moved? <laughs> I know it's it's awesome. It is it is awesome. I sometimes I feel like an observer where you're just like, oh yeah, I could use that somewhere. <laughs> you know. Um, is it hard to live your life if you think that way too, though? You know what's bad is sometimes I think I'm like always viewing it like, could I tweet that? Yeah, yeah, I have that same horrible thing, and and that's bad. Yeah, I think that's really good. bad. I think that's really bad, actually. Because you're editing your experiences as you're living them. Well, it must change your brain uh, chemistry a little bit to have yes. that instant yes. reaction. Because nothing no, nothing is kept, like... Because once you tweet it or you take a picture of it, like, you're not mulling it over the same way. Yeah. It's, and, been, and a, it's been expressed in a micro fashion. Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, it's almost like not allowed to grow in the same way. Half of, so many times I've like tweeted something. I'm like, why didn't I just make a stupid comic? Yeah, out of exactly. That? That's like actually I did. I tweeted something, and then um, that's like forming the bu- the basis of like a, or I was going to tweet something, and that's like the forming the basis of the book I'm doing with Ryan. So I did do it once. Okay. But... Did do you think if you tweeted <laughs> it, it would have it would have uh, killed the idea, or would it, it will still have happened as a book? I think that it would have killed it for me only that people know that idea now. And, like, I don't know. Yeah, that it's been, like, somewhat, like, diffused in a way. I really like the crunking scene in this. Oh, yeah. Crumping slash crunking. I'm, I'm a fan of the crump. <laughs> I remember that season of America's Next Top Model. <laughs> America's best dance crew. Never watched that. Mm-hmm. There's a in a one season America's Next Top Model. They had the uh, models trying to crump with a bunch of crumpers. And oh wait, and yeah, I um, a, it was an early season. I, I saw it that. I used to watch that a lot. I haven't watched it recently though. Oh, I just noticed this incredibly dramatic scene where you've changed the main character's anatomy here to have her. I know it's like the it's like a knot. A weird um, breaking of the. Reality. Yeah. Well, I like a lot. Of, there's the there's a great scene in, in in this one summer where the characters there's a lot of the girls kind of deciding they don't like the older girls and calling them sluts. Yeah. And then there's a point where um, where the younger girl calls out the older girl and it's just like you know that's that's um, it's gross that you're that's sexist. Yeah, yeah. that's sexist. And um, and then they kind of like it's a, it's like a sour moment and then they're walking and her flip-flops say slut slut oh, right 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 yeah and i really like that also i really like how horrible the the best friend's shirts are yeah. <laughs> it's funny because that best friend is actually one of the most like sensical like characters in the end because he's the only one advocating anybody say to anybody else what they need to say right. <laughs> it's all about like not talking to other people not right. i feel like marigo's books are all about not communicating <laughs> like which is really funny and well, i brought that it up to her what young isn't like it's like not just young fiction but that's what young adults are kind of like is not because it's some, i feel like the definition of adult is almost i have a problem with someone i'm going to go to them and just discuss it with them Where but i have like a news flash for you those like young adults are now adults <laughs> <laughs> in the last five minutes in the last five Oh. No, they're the, adult, they're the adults now that don't, like, don't want to talk on the phone, don't want to, like, they would just they'll fire somebody by a text or something. Well, like no, that. but that, I, don't, I would say that's that's acting like a weird baby person. That's <laughs> but such, a, I, such a cum baby or... <laughs> I, I get it, though, because I feel like I grew up in a house that, like, did not talk about their feelings at all. Like, they're very stoic, mm-hmm. and they're very just like, I'm not going to um, rationally and empathetically, like, tell you what I need. I'm just going to, like, kind of punish you, in a way, until you figure out, like, what I want. Right. And then, if you don't, I'm going to yell at you. Like, yeah, so maybe I'm just implementing my own idea of what people should act <laughs> like and deciding that that's being an adult. So I get, I get what Rego tries to do, where it's just like you're not saying what you need to say because like I find it very hard to do that as well 
because I mean, in some ways, that's how you fill uh, a story. Like we were talking about, if they had, if they downloaded everything, you kill the story, and if you, <laughs> and if you take away the lack direct of... action, yeah, you or kill the story. if everybody's communicating perfectly, there is no story. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I just finished a, a, the new Murakami book, mm-hmm. like, and I was I was realizing that his his work to me feels entirely like somebody trying to come to terms with that exact feeling. Of when you're trying to meet someone and they don't show up, mm-hmm. and being like, "Where the hell could they be?" Yeah, and it's like he man, he fills like 500 pages of like, oh, "I wonder what happened to him." <laughs> I really like um, stories or where that the emotion doesn't have a name. It's mm-hmm. like a very specific je ne sais quoi. Yeah, we're like, I'm sure the Germans have a word for it, but it's just like, there is no emotion, there is no, like, one word that can encapsulate this, like, extremely subtle emotion. Um, My friend Emily Gould, her book came out, um, and she just does, like, it the best, where it's like, oh, I can't even think of an example, but it's just like, I know that emotion, and I, I I, I didn't know that that was a feeling I was feeling, and then you... Right. You articulated, and I felt that too. Well, how was that collaboratively? Because there's so much of that when you work with your cousin, of like, this is my mom mad at me feeling, but I don't want to talk to her. Mm. Like, and you communicate. Like, is that communicated in the script, or is there just a lots of like whistles and jumping up and down to kind of? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> I feel like I feel like she I feel like um I kind of get an impression of what she wants from me in certain things. Although, you know, it is that little it's it was kind of hard to get a little a bead on that girl on like the Rose character, the main mm-hmm. of what she wants. And it and I realized that um with the Super Mutant Magic Academy stuff, I write those teenagers like they are adult brained mm-hmm. you know whereas she actually writes that kid like a kid and yeah, like yeah. the kid isn't making any revelation the kid is not like having some like thought that is like actually the thought of an, what an adult would conclusion yeah. would come to mm-hmm. she doesn't really make that breakthrough for, by herself and like come to some like conclusion about it and it's like I love probably, that there's no character arc that makes it so much I hate more authentic <laughs> Yeah, no, I hate... Yeah. <laughs> I'm always getting into arguments when people are like, well, I went to a writing class, and they did this and this, and you're like, well, what does that have to do with the reality? And, yeah, and um, I feel like people are tired of that, of, mm-hmm. like, the archetype. Yeah. Well, I think... Redemption. Why, it's like, it, it gets to a certain point where why are you telling a story if you're trying, if it doesn't connect directly with your own life? Like, mm-hmm. why why not just cut out the middleman of, of A, B, and C and just directly, mm-hmm. you know, put the pen into your arm or whatever. Right. I really like the um, the pregnant girl's best friend <laughs> character. Like when I said Pac-Man face. That's what yeah. Because everyone else has this very, like you could literally uh, find people that look like everyone in here. Right. Like, and then this one girl. Yeah. I'm sure, I, I was wondering if there was a specific type of person that you were thinking of or if it was just like a cartoony. I think I wanted her to, well, A, stand out from everybody else, but... Um, uh, I think it's always funny if you have like some incongruous character, uh, yeah. incongruous detail that does not fit in the world. It's There's like, a, a Sama like... Tezuka comic I saw recently where it's a bunch of politicians all talking, and for no reason at all, one of the guy's heads is just a country. It's like Italy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he, likes, he likes to do that in the background of stuff. Like he'll constantly just throw something in that's nothing like. That, it seems like a manga thing, and I, I assume it's just like it's it's how people have fun. Right. Like, right. Or this serious, um, you know, Area 88 at all. It's like, mm. a, it's like a thing where it's basically like French Foreign Legion where they all go to die in airplane battles. And there's a thing where it's like it's all of them being like, you know, we're all going to go out and we're going to kill these guys. And it's a crowd of all these, like, you know, pilots that are there because they they're running from things in their life. And one of the guys is just a badger, just in the back. Right, right, right. For no reason. Yeah. Um, I feel like you can go overboard with that stuff, like Wes Anderson. Whereas it's like people have birthmarks the shape of California or whatever. I'm Mexico. Kind of gotten bored with West Anderson. Well, oh, yeah. Do, do you think it creates a totally other. Like, if it's film and somebody's doing that, you have, you think of the process where, like, oh, he had to write this down and find a designer and do something. Where in a comic book, if you do something like that, it's almost just 
the immediacy of, oh, here's a stupid idea. That's yeah, wrong. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, there's, things can actually still be tossed off, like, in a comic, even though they're yeah. so labor-intensive. Right. Whereas you know that if somebody has, like, a weird birthmark on their face, like, somebody painted that on. Like, laboriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now you said you're doing a book with with Ryan mm-hmm. Sands for his Frontier series. Mm-hmm. When do you think? I think it's coming out in early 2015. Um, Is he just publishing it, or are you guys collaborating? No, we're, he's just publishing it. It's like a Frontier okay. little book, um, but it's cool. It's like it's the longest one I've done. Like I did a how many pages was it? Four or eight or something in um, like a Nobrow collection. Mm. So I think that that has been the biggest thing I've done on my own. So this is like 30 some pages. It'll be, yeah, it'll be really interesting. And you were in, you were in the thickness anthology. Yeah. Oh, I did the, a pinup thing. Was that the first thing you did with Ryan? That, yeah. Yeah. I think I'd known Ryan for quite a while before that. He's so cool. Yeah. We like him. He's, he's a nice, he's a nice man. That thickness thing was really, his, his lineup he picked for that was really fun. Oh, he could like, do that for years and years. Yeah, but, he's, but he didn't, and that's the best. And thing. that's like so. I know he's like he's got um. He just it's like he's got he, integrity. Well, like, finishing it with the Tagami story is kind of like just dropping the mic and mm, walking out of the room, mm-hmm. just like totally like I'm done. See, Ryan could sell out if he wanted. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't, but that's he. The integrity is a big. Ryan is like so um, for real. Yeah, exactly. Um, he. Uh, it's funny whenever I get an email from somebody that's saying, like, we don't have any money. Like, we're a corporation, but we have, like, $50 to give you mm-hmm, to do yeah. this thing that will own all the rights. I'm like, I know a guy that, like, works at Google. Like, he has a day job. Yeah. And he's doing a thing on his own mm-hmm. in his, like, living room, and he can pay people. So I think you can pay people. Right. <laughs> Multinational corporation <laughs> can pay people to do it if this guy can pay people to do it. And it's like, that's really important to him. Like... He's just doing it for the, his love of his friends. Like, yeah. And I don't question... He's not doing it for the fame or the fortune. He's just like... Oh, I think your book will do well. Pardon? Your, your book will probably do well. But like in indie comics yeah. dollars, which is what, you know? Right. But that's the thing. Sandwiches. Is, is like, yeah. When, and that's kind of the ideal comics community, I think, yeah. is that yeah. he's... He's, it's successful because people are like, oh, this guy's trying to make fun good work. Yeah. Which yeah. seems... I, I don't know. For, it seems like for the first time in comics that that in a lot of ways, in the long run, you make more money and are more successful if you try to do good work and make it sincere than if you try to sell out now. Like, yeah, and have like some selling sort of... out makes you less money, which is hilarious to me. <sighs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can. I mean, you can be there's a some Kickstarter whole... stuff that feels pretty gross. I know, but then or it's, it's just... been orchestrated to be like, I hope somebody buys this. Yeah, and makes I mean, it into a lot a of movie. that. But, I mean, the point is that you don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm, Maybe mm-hmm. that's what kind of changing about, you know, I keep getting stuck on this, like, and the idea of selling out. But maybe that's what changes things dramatically is that, like, if you're going to do things against your, your um, like, there's there's no good reason at all now. Like, in the past, it was like, well, a man's got to eat. And right. Now it's just like, you have no excuse to do art that isn't for art's sake. Um, but I kind of think that the comics community is coming to some... Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, to some sort of realization that you're not going to be able to like live off of your um, self-produced little comics. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, isn't that what I mean? That's what I do, so it's hard for me to mm-hmm, relate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but you work with companies. I do. Um, big companies. Yeah, you've right. never. You've only done like a couple of like self-published things. Right, but they've been, but but they personal work I was talking about, like yeah. less, less more. Just like you can get away doing, because I feel like that's the that's the weird thing about like an adventure time mm-hmm. is it's it's literally just like something that Penn Ward um, would make as a zine. Mm, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like twenty years ago it would have been a zine, and right. now it's like this giant thing. I just feel like there was that weird time in like the mid two thousands where people were like, oh, like. I can, like, hack away in, like, the indie scene and then, like, get a big, fat, like, advance yeah. for my graphic novel, which is an extension of my, like... Which collapsed. Inner, which totally is... did not work. I think this is where I'm... It's more sustainable now, in a way, like, yeah. I think... But, I mean, I guess it would only be good for art if people 
thought that. If people mm-hmm. are like, oh, this is has to be about me doing this because I like it. That's right. so much better than somebody being like, this is a gateway into something else. I, I just see it on my students, too, that are just like, they're like, I know I'm going to have to have, like, another job. That's but I want to so make... Insane. Yeah, but I... And then it's like, I'm go, I, great. Like, I'm... Yeah. I know that that's... I feel bad that you're incruing, accruing all this debt while, like, coming to that realization, but... I hope you're counting money while you think this. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it's... But it, it's... I think it's a more realistic thing. If, it, if you don't want people to tell you what to do... Right. Then you may need to subsidize your comics making thing with do you feel that thing. your teaching is is doing that no <laughs> uh, my illustration okay my commercial illustration is like what makes making comics possible teaching you don't get paid anything pretty interesting much. so what is the when you teach what, what like tell me about the motivations for why teaching you always you. meet you know uh four or five people from every year that like you're gonna know for a really long time, mm-hmm. and they're really interesting people, and they have a cool outlook on life, and you learn something about what the kids are into, and like right. you steal from them a little bit. <laughs> um, but <laughs> and like they become your friends, yeah, you totally. know. And I work um, with a lot of younger artists, and whenever I like, I, I say this to a lot of people. I'll hang out with some like 23 year old, and I'll say, oh, "Well, here's our relationship." You're going to be enthusiastic and do this amazing work, and I'm just going to vampire off yeah, your like, enthusiasm. Yeah, like leech. Yeah. You're like, oh, triangles are in this year. Okay, cool. Great, yeah. good to know. Um, we're, we're using this color now. Uh, no, but it, it, it I just, um, you get the reward from a select group of students every mm-hmm. year, um, and that's about it. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Is, is, do you think them. about teachers in your life that, that, had, that, that were, were you on the other side of that? Uh, I definitely had a few where I, they, like, opened my eyes mm-hmm. to a new way of, like, viewing the world and, like, thinking about making work, and I was mega confused while, like, talking to them because I had no idea what they were talking about, and then I slowly came to understand over the course of a year or three years, like, what they were even talking about, mm-hmm. and that was really cool, you know, and I would, um like to have a small amount of that like to I don't know I just like to see it's like the the thing about an artist is that they always want to see like other cool artists like succeed yeah. even though it like they eventually could take your work away from you you can't help but like want to if you're excited about somebody's work like help them out yeah it's just like the most base like thing about I don't even know if they, it is thing. a take your work away from because I feel like a stronger community makes everyone more excited hopefully exciting. hopefully but who knows? <laughs> it's not for the money, guys. <laughs> and I think that's a good note to, to end on. Don't plan on making any money. No, Comments. <laughs> Hashtag. Um, thank you so much, Jillian, for coming oh, and joining for us. Oh, thanks for asking me. It's, uh, we're very excited. You're probably the one of the first people on our East Coast oh, list that we wanted to talk to. Cool. So. Awesome. Well, thanks. enjoy the rest of your tour.